0: This is an Ask Brothers production. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Ask Brothers Rant, Download all our content on SoundCloud, iTunes and Spotify. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to smash that subscribe button. Enjoy. Welcome to this uh, uh, Ask Bros Rentcast. Once again, uh, for those of you who follow the Hot Topic shows and the shows that Manny puts together... Um, oop, I've left the Toby as a cunt banner running. Well, I mean, true as true as ever. True as ever, definitely. But I mean, I'll take it down. Toby, if you're listening, you're a cunt. Um, but basically, Manny has done what Manny has done to us on a number of occasions and organized a show, organized a hot topic. We've even gone as far as to organizing a very special VIP guest for him in Stan the Man. And uh, Manny is on Black Man Time. We don't know what he's doing. Yesterday, he was angry about tasteless fried chicken on top of plain waffles that cost him 12 quid. We don't know if he's still angry about that, and that's why he hasn't arrived for his show. But once again, it's been left to fucking muggins here to uh, host a show that he has no idea what he's really doing about. So whatever man he had on the agenda can go fucking jump because now we're going to do what my show is. So most likely, we're going to talk about heavy metal, make dick jokes... And shouted, Urzel. how does that sound, boys? Sounds good to me." Yeah, anyway, <laughs> anyway, what we are actually here to do is to break down the transfers, break down the transfer window, and have a bit of a chat about, I guess, the overarching elements. This is a bit of a lead on from Manny's last hot topic, where he was looking back at the things that have, the things that have happened over the past stretch of time that have led us to the position we're in. So talking about looking back at Wenger, looking back at Gazidis, looking back at Mislintat, Raul, and how those things have left us lumbered with a number of players who we seem not to be able to get rid of and have really led us down the path of, I guess, Mike, having to sell to buy, which may have ended up being the thing that stopped us with the ooh deal. Um. Scunny, just starting off, just 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 kick it off for us. Uh, you know, how did you feel at the end of the transfer window? How did you feel as far as you know whether it's an out of ten rating or, or the business that we've done? There seems to be a very mixed, as there always is, with our fan base. Seems to be a lot of mixed imo- emotion on the toilet that is Twitter.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I'm happy that we've got a decent signing in Thomas Party, but I'm a bit. I'm not overly so optimistic. Of the fact that we didn't get rid of anybody, you know, we've still got the same players that we've been calling to leave the club for God knows how long now, and unfortunately, they're still there. You know, it's looking like the majority of these players are going to run out their contract. Uh, so I can't, you know, for me, transfer wise, I'm going to give it a six out of ten if I was going to go out of ten, just because the six we have got some good players come in. We've got Gabriel who's looking fantastic. Uh we've just got Thomas Party. I just can't uh, I would probably give it more if we got rid of the likes of Mustafi who was due to go out, Kalasniak, who was due to go out. Mm-hmm. You know, instead we've got lone lone he's gone out in Terea and Gwenduzy. So for me, it's not I'm not overly optimistic about it. It's nice to have something new. It's nice that you know Edu and Arteta are singing from the same sort of hymn sheet and Thinking right, this is where we need to strengthen the squad, uh, obviously there was looking for midfielders, so the new the midfield was needed to be strengthened. Unfortunately, we only got one out of the two that we were after, and like you said, because there was no outgoings, we couldn't fund the next incoming
0: mm. Mm. Uh, Stan was Kolasinac and Mustafi ever going anywhere? I mean we we nearly had a little bit of a party once we heard that some poor Don't peasant was, was willing to give us, you know, 11 million for Kolasinac and and I think it was even as as high as 13 million for Mustafi. There's a lot of vitriol uh, uh, I guess towards the board still on Twitter about these guys not moving on. Were they ever going anywhere? I mean on those wages uh, at at those I guess age demographics as well? Well,
2: this kind of goes all the way back to something that you touched on in your intro. It goes back to the Wenger and Gazidis days that you bring in players who are on maybe say uh, 60 grand and then you bring them in and treble their wages. Mm. Yeah, and that's what happened in a lot of these players. I think Kalash- Kalashanak and Socrates, players like that. I mean, who's going to pay these wages? And if you look at it just on the, on the pretext that these are jobs at the end of the day, if you leave their job, To go and take up another job that's going to pay you substantially a lot less. I mean, we're talking of like thousands and thousands of pounds difference. So I I get the anger that we've got a lot of these players, but you have to. You You can only be angry at the players for so much because a lot of these players are quite limited in what they can do for us. We know that, but. If, they've been, if they were managed to negotiate these kind of contracts, in, a, in the words of Meza Ozil, he signed a four-year contract and not three, and that should be respected. And I'm not Ozil's biggest fan in the slightest, but we're talking about pounds, Shillings and Pence. What are they supposed to do? And, and that's why now we've snookered ourselves, because we're a self-sustaining model, meaning that what we bring in is what goes out to bring in mm-hmm. players, and we can't get anything coming
0: in. We're a self-sustaining model that is incredibly imbalanced on the wage bill comparative to, I guess, the wage bill comparative to the buyback from the players or the delivery that the players have given us as far as performances, minutes, you know, even breaking it down, you know. We we often see all the the stuff online about Mesut Ozil and his amazing assist giving and his chances created, but you know his last two seasons he's delivered sweet baby fuck all. Oh, last
1: four seasons,
0: yeah, he's he's delivered absolutely absolutely nothing as far as actual output goes. So, you know, I, I think you put it well, Stan, when you say that we have snookered ourselves because that's a it's it's a really solvent um, analogy. Because we are in a position where we're kind of damned if we do and damned if we don't. Scunny, a lot of people are talking about tearing up of contracts. We should just tear up their contracts. Uh, number one, well, we can't legally yeah. tear up their contracts. They they I you know, Socrates, I think I think Stan Socrates went from forty thousand euro a week to ninety thousand pound a week. In a yeah. single move. Yeah. Mike, yeah. that isn't a that's not peanuts. So
1: I've got <laughs> I've actually got the players' wages in front of me now, and Socrates is on ninety-two grand a week. The problem is, and similar to what Stan was saying, it's not the players' fault why they're on this much money a week. You know, it was you know, they negotiated it and they got the money. The problem was is the old regimes that we had in the Wenger era. Gazidas era and the Raul era. Mm. These are the issues that we've had. Now we've got rid of them cunts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put it nicely. We're starting to see some you know, we were starting to see some differences, you know, in players' wages. For instance, I'm looking at players' wages here, and Saka just nego renegoti- just renegotiated a contract recently, didn't he? That kid is only on 30,000 a week, which, to be fair, for an 18 year old kid who's a 19 year old kid, sorry, who's looking really, really promising, you'd think that that's actually about right. But if you can imagine the old regimes, this kid will probably be about 140,000, 150,000 a week by now. Mm. And this, you know, we're starting to see some sensible. Uh, contracts being given to these players, like for instance, yeah, Martinelli and Saka, they're both on 30,000 a week for young promising kids. That's sensible. That's sensible business to me. That's a proper business model. You're only 19. You bet your period, you're only 19. We're only going to give you X amount of money up until you start progressing, which you would, you won't. You won't probably see him progressing onto the 100,000 mark until they'll at least hit maybe early twenties.
0: Mm. And, and then it gives you an option Mike to extend contracts.
1: Yeah. Exactly. You know? So
0: you sign someone up on a reasonable contract on 3 years or 5 years and you stand you you put together ratcheted contracts. For example, where you say X amount of appearances you're going to go up, England call-ups, you're going to go up. And we see this in other sports. We we see this in so many other sports where mm-hmm. there are there are uh, many more bonuses built in to the contracts, you know, like I said, based around playing time and and ratcheted things. But instead we go and give these old blokes, and and, and actually I want to bring it back, Stan, to I guess modern football and the modern football models and the different models and the different approaches that you can take. And I guess under the end of Wenger's approach, Sven Mislintat, who we've got to dig into because a lot of people polished his shaft heavily and I don't think any of his signings have... Have done anything particularly amazing for us from I, that may, I may be guilty of buffing that shaft a little bit. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think we, I think we all were. I, I think we all, we all. One, hard you, hard. you can argue one signing
0: who's done. Yeah, so. yeah, but I mean, other as than a, as that,
1: a, it go, it goes like it as, goes from as, as he grew. when he left straight downhill, but he goes like that.
0: <laughs> when he left, there was this, you know, outcry from Arsenal fans, as we do as a fan base, guys. You know, we, we're so. We love to dream about hand jobs from ex-girlfriends at Arsenal. If anyone leaves, you know they're they're instantly amazing. Yeah. You know anyone who comes in is almost instantly shit. <laughs> but Stan, the the change in model, I guess, is something that's very visible. And I guess I'm asking you if you think that that's been it, it has been forced the change in model from us going for established players, maybe not Premier League players that we always wanted, but established players that we could get in that we could afford on lower transfers and then giving them stupid wages to maybe a a new model now which seems to have been get the kids through get them on good contracts if they're successful lock them down long term
2: see when i look at what the club is doing when it when it comes to salary and what they're planning for the future when i look at it i i receive mixed messages from the club because on the one hand you've got the club saying well look you know We've been, we're have a club now that's paying Championship League wages and we've not been in the Champions League now for three or four seasons. And we're going to implement a pay structure as an incentive to get us back into the Champions League. You know, if we, if we don't get in the Champions League, you lose 12.5%. If we only get the Europa League, then, you know, you only lose 7.5%. So if the push is to get into the Champions League, the question that you have to ask is, what we've done in this transfer window do you believe hand in heart that what we have got now is enough to get us into the Champions League? Because if, if it is, then it's good business, right? It's, you can justify paying Willian 220 grand a week. You can justify the pay rise that you've given to Aubameyang. You can justify you know, the, the other exorbitant you know, wages that you've put out there, Thomas Partey, for example. But if you don't believe that we can get into the Champions League, then why have, we, why have we only gone halfway? You know, mm. if they get into the Champions League and we've, we've, we've given Aubameyang a contract and we've splashed out on party and paying him good wages, I believe that we still are a little bit short. So why didn't we go the whole hog and finish the job and bring in a uh, central attacking player? Well, now, I would... Assume- I, think, I, don't, I, think that we, I think that with what we've got, we could get into the Champions League, could... I don't think it's now done. I think that we could make the Europa Europa no, League.
0: Dan, I think, uh, Stan, I think for us to get into Champions League this year, for us to take that fourth spot, it's not going to be beholden on us playing well. It will yes. be beholden on people who are yes. further down their path towards that having a shit show. Now, whether that's you know whether that was very big on Chelsea in the preseason, I'm looking at now and I'm thinking your manager might hold you back. Your coach might hold you back from getting there, you know, because Fat Frank's yeah. not looking like he's particularly good. I'm looking at Manu, you know, who have made a, a host of very strange signings like Edison Carvani, boys. That's a, that's a, that's a. I mean, they're in the position
1: we were not long ago of like going for desperate signings, by Yeah,
0: words. big, big wages, desperate signing old players. But that's what I mean. You know, it would be beholden on them to fuck it up for us yeah. to take fourth. I'm, I'm, am with you, Stan, completely. And people on Twitter saying, "Oh, because we signed Thomas party, we're going to win the league." Like, fucking, please.
2: It's going to help us. It's going to improve us. But it's not. We haven't finished the job. So the point I'm trying to make is, why are we uh, sanctioning still, you know, these these vast wages on players? when we also were talking about having pay cuts. it's For me, it's a mixed message. If mm. they'd gone out and bought one, maybe, an, 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 maybe another player, then I could look at that and say, OK, I see what we're doing here. We, we're making a push right now for the Champions League. And, and looking what we've got at our disposal, I think we can do it. But I don't see that now. I don't. I think we could make the Europa League. And as you say, if other people fuck up, we may you know, sneak into the Champions
0: League. I definitely think, Mike, we're going to be playing in a mini league from fourth to seventh this year. You know, And people got up me because when we were coming up against Liverpool, I was saying, well, it's a free hit. It doesn't really matter. And people were saying, well, it does matter. You know, you've got to get the W. And I said, well, it doesn't. It's a free hit. If we get a point there, that would be a point on the calendar mm. that we would have gone through and we would have said, Anfield away. Let's not forecast. For any points there, let's forecast for me the games this year that we must win are Everton, Leicester, Tottenham. You know, that's the mini league that we're playing in. We've got to go push it at men. We've
1: got, a, we've got at least win four from the big six teams. You know, that exact, exactly, yeah.
0: exactly. I get you know. what
1: yeah, yeah, and you I know, agree with you. You know, I think, like you said, Liverpool slightly too far off. I think what happened to them against Villa was. You know, just one of them things, you know, it happened to us against Man United. Four, you know, four, just,
0: defle- four deflections and three games in a week. That's all I have yeah. about the Liverpool. But it's
1: just one of them things that you wouldn't probably see. It's, you know, it's 2020 for fuck's sake. You know, Anything will fucking happen this year. <laughs> you know, and it's a case... Of, I mean, it's just one of them things. I don't think you'll see it again for a while now uh, against the Liverpool team anyway. So, but as you were saying and stuff, like, yeah, I can... I get where you guys are coming from. Um Thomas Party is not the sole answer to our issues. The issues that we've got is we've still got a lot of people in this squad. You've got to remember this squad that we're still playing now finished eighth last season. Mm.
0: And like uh, I said, we've only got we've only
1: got a few extras, you know. Mm. If you think about it, we've only got Gabriele who's been who's new to playing. Uh we've got El Nene back, which we could probably talk about sooner or later in this show and then uh, and then we've got Thomas party and that's the only real two on oh, william sorry so there's three mm-hmm. signings that you are going to see probably a little bit more of but william is going to be i don't think he's going to play every game he's not had the best couple of game uh, last couple of games has not been his best so he, you know, because he's an older player, you know, where you've got to treat these older players differently to what you do, younger players. But is, as we've said before, you know, look at Abamian. You don't see him for half the game. Then he just pops up out of nowhere and it's the post it's the, or it's the back of the net.
0: Or like his last two games, he never yeah. pops up at all and literally does sweet fuck all, yeah. you know. So it's if he's not, if he's not scoring, he's, he's, yeah. he's not getting points. Exactly. Uh, Mike, dragging it back to what Stan was saying about I guess, the imbalances and the way that we have spent our money. So for most people, they saw the gaping holes for us being the Thomas Partey position and the Auer position. And that's why everyone got so far behind this this concept that we were going to get these two players. Hmm. And clearly, obviously, I mean, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to realise that we're on a uh, spend-what-you-buy a philosophy at Arsenal. Sorry, spend what you earn philosophy at Arsenal. And, Mike, would you agree that most likely, I guess in my opinion, agree or disagree, the party money had always been put aside for party. I don't buy into the fact that we somehow went back in for him at the end of the transfer window because we couldn't get our But I would assume that the party money was set aside and then our was based on us clearing Out the dross that we were unable to sell to come up with the capital. Clearly, the structured deal wasn't something they were after.
1: Uh, You see, I'm I'm slightly different on that one to you. I think it was either going to be either or. You know, I didn't think we was going to get them both this window just because that we we couldn't get rid of anybody. You know, and that is the big reason. You got you got to think what we got off our wage bill. Matteo Matteo is on forty thousand a week. And is on seventy five. So there's a hundred and what fifteen thousand a week there, just off the mm. wage bill by getting. Uh, uh, although they've only gone on loan, it's that one point one point three
0: mil one point three mil a year. Wait, if you I, I like, fuck that up? That would be per month. It's way more than I know
2: that. that I know that we're paying all of Guedouzi's wage, but are we paying all of terre's Because sometimes it's like a forty sixty split. Well, we um, got
0: four million. We got four million in loan. For, yeah, for yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. and I think we got. I, I haven't seen it come out yet. I think we got a very reasonable fee from Torreira, okay. as well. So, you know, this is you this know, that, is where when, when you start looking part, at the intricacies, that was part,
1: part of the partay deal. You know, I think yeah, I think Torreira was a sweetener. So you got to look at that. If if he's a sweetener, surely they've they've got parties' wages off their bill. Surely they'll be able to afford the seventy five thousand a week for Torreira. Mm-hmm. You know, although he's on the unknown, so that's probably a, a bit of a sweetener. But yeah, I think it was going to be Eye of the Raw, like I said a minute ago, because like because we just can't get rid of these people. The amount of wages that we could have got off the books by getting rid of some of these players—that is the big issue, and this is why we couldn't go in for a war. I agree with you. We probably had that money set aside for party, but that was the whole. You know, I think. I think they tried a bit to try and bring the money down a little bit to try and save themselves some, so they didn't have to fork out for the full uh, mm. transfer uh, for the for the full transfer fee, should I say, or his, his contract.
0: Mm. Uh, Stan, is it? Do you think that it is greed from Arsenal the reason why we haven't moved on the Mustafi's and the Kalasanaks? Do you think it is it is greedy or it is unreasonable of us to expect that we are going to get? 11 million and 13 million pounds for players who are on, I think they're both on over 100K um, a, as far as wages go. Should we, like so many people on Twitter have been saying, have just put them on the market for a million, two million, five million, and then have the wages kind of, I, I guess, included in that as a as a ball of what would have been a regulated transfer fee?
2: Sometimes you've got to bite the bullet. I, I suppose it depends on how bad you want that person away and for me if we are going to bite a bullet on anyone at the club and and have to suck it up then that would be our highest paid player of not not a the other one
0: mm-hmm.
2: right that would i would bite the bullet and and somehow forego that you know go home don't come back we'll keep paying your money into your bank account every month like we usually do with your pay but don't come back until it, and, and and you'll get paid until it's done, and do it something like that. But I don't like the idea of of ripping up players' contracts because what happened was with uh, Mkhitaryan, we could have got ten million for him just before mm-hmm. COVID hit, and we turned our nose up at it, and now we ended up ripping up his contract. And then what happens is it breeds, con- you know, other players see that. Socrates knocked on the door, didn't he? And apparently said, "Well, why can't you rip up my contract?" You know, pl- players see that. And then they look at that as an option i I get it if the club wants to make that call for whatever reasons, and I think it has to be a really bad situation like Ozil's, to do that, but I think it's a really bad thing then when you see players thinking, "Ah, oh okay, I can have some of that you know and then they have to go in there for that conversation and if it's so the you're nut- talking
0: about Stan, you're talking about paid out uh, paid out contracts, yeah able to move on and go and
2: yeah go I, I'm not too key. if the club wants to make a call say for in the Ozil situation because that's a bad situation I get it but I don't want it to be a common practice where players start knocking on the door requesting it and when they're denied then you've got a bad egg around the club who's kind of like mumbling and groaning and going well you've got paid out why can't I get paid out and you've you got somebody you know like that around the dressing room so I think it's a very dodgy
1: ground. I don't think the Mkhitaryan one, I don't think he got paid out. I think it was by mutual consent by him and the club so he could play football. You know, because if he came back to Arsenal, there would be no guarantee he would have got in the squad. But obviously he wanted wanted to move to Roma. And
2: then Roma continued to pay him a wage rather than they said, here's a lump sum, fuck off.
1: Mm. It depends, because uh, like I say, as far as I'm aware of, it was by mutual consent. So I don't know okay. if any money was handed to him from Arsenal. Do you know what I mean? I, I think, right. yeah. You know, as far as I'm aware, it was yes. I want to go to Roma. Will you let me? Right. You, the only way you can do it is by mutual consent. They probably have said the same to Özil and Socrates, but obviously, that I, you know, for all we know, they could be like, well, I not. Özil's what eighteen million a year. He's okay. on. Oh, so Jesus. there's no way he's going to give... The, yeah, there's no way he's going to give stop that. Stop putting time. it... Stop, making it, stop, walk it, walk stop making
0: it real. Stop making I don't it real I don't, by I don't telling don't me the money. A,
2: I don't walk away from a fiver, so... You <laughs> know.
1: This is it, you know. Well, I think for Mkhitaryan, I think he did the right thing for him. He wanted to play football, you know. and it, Can, it, can it, I just say, Mike, that's the difference. Yeah, and that, that's what I was about to say. That's what I was getting into, but you've just fucking interrupted, aren't you?
0: Sorry, champion. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But no, that, you know he wanted to play football. The thing with Urzal is he'd rather stick around like a, a fucking Veruca. And, you know he, that's what he is. He, that's why he wants to stick around and just annoy the shit out of you. He's one of them gnats that fly around in the summer at a barbecue. Like yeah. fuck off. <laughs> yeah. mm.
0: Look, I've, I've I've got my theories on Urzal. I've, I've made my theories clear. My I think Urzal is different from the other guys. Um, you know, I don't see why Kolasinac would be saying, I want to stay and fight for my position, right? There's no reason for him to. His wife's gone. You know, he had all the issues with the the, the stabbings and, you know, all that stuff. Um, I, I don't understand why that deal couldn't get done. And if you're Arsenal, you would just be in a position where you would be getting... That's why I never thought that the deal for Kolasinac on $11 million would be happening because anyone in world football with their eye on this would be looking at Arsenal squad, looking at the dross, looking at the position they're in and basically coming in and saying, look, we'll, we will absorb the wages over a three-year contract, but you will take the hit in the transfer fee. You, we will essentially give you one million, two million, three million for a player that, regardless, you, you can say what you want about about Kolasinac and his skill. Uh, given wages not being a, a, a key part of that decision, if he was on say a reasonable wage like forty grand a week or something like that, he would be worth twelve million in in any transfer market. I mean, fucking Liverpool have sold you know, just complete and total dross for 20-odd million time and time again. Yeah, so, um, but when it comes to Ozil, my theory is that he will retire at the end of this contract. My theory is that Arsenal have done everything to remove him and that he has no desire to play football anymore, no desire to go to another country, to go to Turkey, to go to America and keep playing. I think that he wants to sit on his ass, he's probably due retirement, he's signed that contract, it's on massive money, he'll wait for that contract to end, and then Mesut Ozil will will most likely stand, hang up his boots at the end of it and, and go gently into the night to play fucking Fortnite on Twitch. So basically then, this, this is his pension right now? Yeah, yeah, so we you paid him a retirement there's fund. There's
2: a possibility, because I've, I always thought, and I said it, when we offered him that stupid contract, which I was against at the time, I was like, get rid of him and Sanchez. That's what I would do. But when I, I said at the time, you know, I, what, I, how this will play out, he will stay to the very end of this contract and then he'll go to Turkey on a free where they'll have a nice house waiting for him in, the, in one of the best locations, you know, on a cliff somewhere with the sea and he'll just have a little kick about every now and again in Turkey. That's what I thought it would, would happen and he would still be getting... Um, a nice wage from them in Turkey as well. Maybe not as much as we're paying, but still maybe, you know, a hundred grand coming in.
0: Mm, Yeah. I just, I just feel like if he wanted to play football still, there would have been some way that it would have been worked out. Whether we, like you said, paid the entirety of the wage If we paid two hundred grand of the wage, two hundred and fifty grand of the wage, and someone else, I think it's on two hundred
1: and fifty. I think the three hundred and fifty is based on bonuses.
0: Bonuses, yeah. You know, so however, however, that might be structured. I mean, look, I don't think that it is. I don't think it is on the club to produce contracts where we're going to say things like "go away on a free" and we'll pay the entire wage. Or people talking about, like you were talking about, Stan. You know, the idea of tearing up contracts—it's bad governance. Yeah. To be in a position where you're saying, we are literally going to tear up your contract. We are going to pay you out however much of the remainder of the part of your contract. I mean, look, there are questions around, you know, what what I call in, in, in my job, you know, when you have cancerous people. You know, I'm often very fast to remove people like that within my own, you know, structure where I'm like, no, you're terrible. If someone comes to me and hands me a res- resignation, I very, very rarely let that person see out that period of time because I know what's going to happen once that person right. has decided that they no longer want to be there yeah it, whether they are completely trustworthy and have been a hard worker for many many years I've always been of the opinion that I no longer want to be here we will start the process of getting you out the door yeah and I'll often give people their paycheck for two weeks and say thank you very much off you go into the night. Yeah, not, you know.
2: not, not every employer is going to take the Aaron Ramsey example and still continue to play for the badge. That's very rare, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. In- incredibly. And it's not like you know someone like Mesut Ozil will have ever given you any intent of that. I don't know how we always end up getting so deep on Mesut. It's probably because all you fucking donuts on Twitter have started yeah. writing tweets like, now we've signed Thomas Party. is it time to play Mesut Ozil? Get Mesut Ozil back in the team. Check yourselves, yeah. fuckers." Because it, it was only a few
2: seasons ago that, you know, it was because we had Oliver Giroud in front of Ozil, which is why it wasn't happening. And mm-hmm. uh, he's had Lacazette and Aubameyang and it's still, it's still not happening. So now, <laughs> now it's what's behind him, not what's in front of him.
0: Yeah, but it's OK. People still put up stats saying he makes 3.2 key passes fucking game. 3.2? 3.2 key passes per game, apparently. Oh, fucking hell. Give him more money.
1: Shit. Yeah. 3.2 what, passes per game. What was
0: last season? Three assists? Oh, Three assists for the, the entire season? Yeah. Did um, even-
1: oh, yeah.
0: Um, What else did Manny want to dig into as I kind of roll through this? Um, I guess we should probably start talking about um, something positive because, as usual, you know, as a fan base, we, we seem to have gone back to the things that didn't happen. You know, obviously, like we said, the Kalasinaches, the Mustafis are still there, and um, some strange ones. Before we move on, guys, I, I would have assumed that we would have at least done some loan business, whether that be Cam Chambers out on loan. I, I'm now not looking at getting Rob Holding out because I think he's he's playing himself into some form on that right side for us. Um, you know, we get to see ESR, Joe Willick is still there. We bought in another midfielder, which means Joe Willick goes further down the pecking order on, on that, that uh, number eight position that exists. Um, it's just wrapping up our, our, our lack of outs. Stan's su- surprised not to see us go into the loan market for some of these kids.
2: Yeah, I thought maybe a Reece Nelson might have gone out on loan. Uh, or, or maybe a Willock would have gone out on loan. And even someone like Socrates, he could do a job for somebody, right? Why not put Socrates out on loan? You know, why could, not put Kolasinac out on loan? Yeah. Um, because the, if we can't sell him, then the might as well just get him out on loan rather than just have him cluttering up the place. But I'm a little bit – I am happy that the williams leave loan didn't happen because you remember that season, I think it was one or two seasons ago, where we sent uh, Callum Chambers off to Fulham.
0: And we immediately
2: required. him. I thought that we really <laughs> needed him, you know, not that long afterwards. And we left ourselves a little bit short. So in a way, I'm glad that we've got a couple of bodies that can fill in for us. But it all depends on who he's going to register for the squad, who he's going to pick. Because he does have quite a lot of choice now, especially in defence of who
0: he can choose. Mm. Mm. Scunny, we're... we're- uh, were you surprised like I was? I mean, not to see someone like Joe. Uh, Joe Willick's my one who I've been banging on for months and months and months. He he needs, he has to go and play regular football, you know, whether it was, you know, I said that he's probably in line to take that move to Germany rather than that move down to the championship. That's where I would have liked to have seen him go. Gone and got a, a, a move like what Ryan Sessegnon has got. I think he's gone off to Hoffenheim. Um, yeah. Similar to what we did to Reese Nelson, really, really surprised that with the knowledge that a midfielder was coming in, that we couldn't find some, you know, deadline deal to to get Joe off and and playing some football. He's not
1: well, he's not going to get in front of domestic, a lot of the guys. Uh, yeah, the domestic transfer still going on. I think that finishes. That's up. true. That's true. Actually, yeah. That's, so that's true. There is, there's still opportunity for him to go out. All oh, right, it won't be to a European club. It'll be to. Either championship. a championship or yeah. championship, yeah. So there is still time for something like that to happen for them. If I was to see Joe Willock go anywhere, I think I'd like to see him go to a championship club rather than the, a German team. If I'm being honest, you know, I think I think it'll suit Guendouzi going across there. Uh, see, more for than me, it would Joe Willock. For me, Mike, I've always thought that
0: there's different moves do different things for people. So a move to the championship for me is is about making a man of a boy. You know, you go down there, you play every three days, you get lumps kicked out of you. It's about sending someone down there to come up to the physical level. I don't think with Joe Willock that physical level is an issue with him. He's a big lump. And actually, when he does play for us in the midfield, he's he's quite dominant as far as his size. I often think that a move to the Premier League, provided it's to the right club, is a move for a senior player who's not getting, not getting game time, mm. And the reason why I like the moves to Germany is because it is a a slightly more lightweight league when you watch it, as in they're not all brutes or animals. It's technicality. Yeah, Yeah, and for me, that's that's where Joe falls down. Joe falls down on his application of his technique. It's not that he doesn't have the technique. It's when and how he chooses to use that technique. But, Scunny, as you said, um, I didn't really think about it, but, yes, the domestic window is still open so very much we're going to be able to see. You might
1: see somebody go out, you know. I don't think Reese Nelson will go uh, just because, you know, he does pre- provide cover. You know, you've got to think. I know we've got Willian and Pepe on that right-hand side, but, you know, it's a long season regardless of what it is. You know, it's 38 games plus Europa plus the Cups. So it, it, we're going to need some kind of, kind of cover on the wings. You know, we're still waiting for Martinelli to come back. So, and Saka can play in these positions as well. So we're well covered there. And I think that's that's going to suit us more because it's going to be very physical on the legs for a winger because the way we play, they're constantly running up and down the pitch. What was that?
0: Lumberg M just wrote, Willock has the force. man can run a lot,
1: that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Well done, I love it. <laughs> I love his picture as well. I, that's great. <laughs> but yeah, and and like I say, I think with Willick, yeah, he's, he's just gone further and further down the pecking order. That would be a good move, I think. Yeah, to
0: Willick to Willick to Bournemouth. I, I think West. Look, if I'm looking at clubs, you know, even if I, I, I would rather send these guys to Premier League clubs because uh, I think they've, they've they've already been integrated into the Premiership. So you know, maybe dropping them down to the, the championship can sometimes actually do the opposite for them. It can maybe make them feel like they're taking a step backwards. But I'm looking at Fulham's. I'm looking at West Ham's, you know, looking at Leeds' Sheffield's, Brighton's, you know. But like we always say, Scunny, the, the move has to be good for the player. We hmm. saw that. Do you, do you remember the surge Gnabry move to to West Brom? Was it under Roy Hodgson? No, you it know. was um, Tony Poulis. Was it? Was it Poulis then? Yeah. Did Roy ever... Manage it, West Brom. No, fuck that up. It was Poulos, and just for a change, with my I- incredible fucking journalistic ability. And but it was a terrible move for him. We sent an attacking asset down to a team who played boring backfield football, you know, and it ended up not being a, a good move for him. And he went down there, and his attitude was was poor. So, you know, so we are do you have to-
1: about Yeah, yeah, you know, we,
0: yeah, we- yeah.
1: Poulos is eating his fucking words now, though, isn't he?
2: So I think there's even a good shout, but, for the exact, but we can't do it for the exact reason that Mike said, is that we're short in that position. I would still like Eddie Nketiah to go out on loan and have somebody else, another striker, you know, bring in another striker who can come in and, and give uh, Lacazette a run for his uh, colossal snatch. Humbo Gumble, Humbo Gumble, Humbo Gumble must watch money. us
0: because he knows that we, we love a nickname. On the arse bros. So for, for those who listen, we call um, Granite Jacker Dan because he ain't got no legs. Uh, <laughs> we, we're call- we're calling El Nenny El Sidewaysy, and Humbo Gumbel has just come in with a fantastic one that I'm sure Dan Potts will approve of. Colossal snatch good for He's That is a good He's one. On a good good one. one. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, uh, loving it, loving it. But yeah,
2: boy- I, I would like. I think. I think Eddie myself. I'm I'm not quite convinced of him yet.
0: No. And no, I, I, agree, agree. I, I, I did bring up when we were chatting in the pregame, I'm not going to attempt to do it now because i realised I'm not technical enough and i fucked it up several times over. Um, I did bring up in the pregame the pass map and the touch map for Eddie and, boys, it was skinny, was it not?
1: <laughs> yeah, it will not many, let's just say that.
0: Yeah. But, uh, but I
1: think- Bloomberg Camp is
2: right, though. He did come off the bench and score that important winning goal. And I was yeah glad yeah yeah, yeah. do that. You know, that he wasn't just coming off of the bench to pass up some time because we were winning the game. And that was the end of it. He came off the bench and he, he made a decisive, uh, a decisive moment for us. So I was pleased about that.
0: Stan, there is a fuck ton of games. A fuck ton of games. We've got all the Europas starting off in yeah. absolutely butt fuck nowhere. We're still in the Carabao. We've got the FA Cup to come. You know, we've. There's, I don't think that everyone's desire to ship everyone out and this idea that you have a starting eleven and the starting eleven is the only thing that matters. I mean, even if you go back to the Wenger era, one of the downfalls of Wenger was that he loved having a fourteen-man squad. You know, yeah. and really only rotating in three or four guys. I think modern football, you've almost got to get be getting up towards 18, 20 players of people who can actually start and actually play and actually come in. To different positions, so shipping everyone out of every position makes absolutely no sense. But when you have nine fucking centre backs, it would make sense to maybe shift on three or four of them. I think even five centre backs is a fucking lot of centre backs to hold in in modern football, and they incredibly imbalanced. And so, about the halfway point now, boys. So we've we've had our our whinge and our bitch and and cried about certain things. I'm sure Manny would have gone much more cutthroat um, towards the Cronkies and and things like that. Look, I heard on Twitter that the Thomas Party deal was essentially rubber stamped by Stan. So I don't know how much truth there is in that. I think that was a, a Sky Sports reporter. But I thought what we'd do is we would have a look at our signings. And because we've only made one signing in this window, I figured we would actually go back and no, have we'll a look
1: one signing in and deadline day you.
0: Sorry, one, one signing on in deadline day. I figured we'd actually go back and we'd have a look at the signings coming in from uh essentially what was the January transfer window as well. So who we've brought in in this stretch of time. And um, so we're looking at Cedric, we're looking at Mari, Willie uh Sabios on loan and obviously we'll finish up with the big man TP. Um, as we kind of come out of this, this period, Stan, we kind of touched on it at the start of the show that I guess a lot of the shitty players that we had bought in who are still on the books who we can't shift are essentially Ivan Gazidis and Sven Mislintat. We look at the business that we did with Raul first before he left. So the signings of Pablo Marie, which I think was $12 million, uh, was finalised, and the signing of Cedric Suarez – um, where where do you see these guys fitting in, as, especially with Pablo Marie and the 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 signing of Gabriel, who looks like he's going to be the rock on the left for us? Granted, Scunny, as you always say, pump the fucking bricks. <laughs>
1: Whenever you ever said that? I don't know.
0: You said it in the last fucking podcast. No, I didn't. Well, something to that effect, you fucking <laughs> northern cunt. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, you're such a dick.
0: Stan Pablo Marie, um, where do you see him coming in back to full fitness on the left, um, you know, in that, that, that wadge of, of, of centre backs that we have now? Uh,
2: Pablo Marie for me and uh, Cedric Suarez are two signings that I, I didn't get at the time. And now, looking at the squad that we have, I still don't get it. I mean, we paid about to, to bring Cedric in. People say, but he was free. He wasn't free. We paid a a, a million or so to, to Southampton and we paid his wages at 65 grand a week. And he was injured when he came to the club. So if we really wanted him that badly, right, considering how little he played of that last at the end of that season, why didn't we just wait till this window opened and got him for proper free? Mm. You know what I'm getting at, you know, and done it that way. So I don't understand that. That was definitely a case of putting the fucking car in front of the horse. It makes no <laughs> sense. You know? you're, you're a guy that you can have for free, you're paying money for him. He's coming from a club that was battling rele- relegation and the manager didn't look to him to use him. So I, I don't know what it is that I've missed. I don't understand mm. it, right? I think there's some definitely
0: some Raul backhanders exactly. with some, some I, I super. Got a
2: that, that had the Raoul had Raul's hat fingerprints all over it. Pablo yeah. Mari is another one for me because if you just look at his career trajectory, am I supposed to believe that he's gonna come and crack it in the in the in the Premier League? Had we had him on loan for a longer period of time and we used him and we are using the, the a loan period to look at this guy and make a fair assessment. I I get that, but it just seems that we we brought this guy in. He got injured and we handed him a four-year contract. And then six months later, we bought a replacement for him.
0: It's oh so very Arsenal.
2: So again, is that... we love buying an injured player. Yeah. Out of the signings that we've made, those two, I questioned them on the day and I'm still questioning questioning them now. With the Willian one, I'm kind of 50-50. I kind of get why we would bring that profile of a player in, but I've just got a sneaky feeling that in around one and a half to two years time before the three years is up, we will be sat here talking about a player that's on a lot of money, that's not getting any game time because other players are keeping him out of the squad or a player that's on a a hell of a downward trajectory in what he's able to offer us. And we're going to be scratching our heads thinking well, We've got another year of this and he's on 220. I guarantee that conversation will happen at some point.
1: I do mm, I, believe William is on is on less than hundred grand a week, but with huge bonuses. But, but with bonuses, so, I, I the other yeah. day I got it at two twenty. Yeah, I think I think that'll be about a lot of that will be bonuses because there was
2: mm. there was um, um there was some uh, chat that William got a, a signing on fee of mm. ten million, and people and then there were club was saying yeah we're only paying him we're paying him less than what we're paying him at Chelsea. So it's a good deal, but then there was this rumor that we paid him a ten million signing on fee, which then, if you break it down over
0: the course of the three year contract, it would equate to basically paying him two hundred. I wonder million. if that's got to do with uh, financial structures, to do with FFP, like third party deals, like yeah. this, like a signing on fee doesn't go onto your wage bill. Yeah, and I get, it doesn't and I on the argument, FFP, doesn't So you have to move it. Yeah.
2: And I get the argument. A lot of people were going, so since when did we start counting signing on fees as part of the salary? I get that. But if that story is true, 10 million is a fucking huge signing on fee. Mm. And And it was done in such a way then to allow the player to have a salary of 220 grand a week. Then to me, that's kind of like when you've got three egg egg cups and a a pea underneath and you move them around really quickly. And you've got to Mm. see which one the pea's under. That's,
0: That's a slight of hand move to me. Look, no doubt, Skarnie, uh, there have been some strange moves made. I think Stan actually put it up in a comment in uh, at one of our last podcasts where he said, I don't know whether it will be this year, next year, but at some point we're going to be questioning that William deal. I would say we're three games into him and having him had a bit of a subiosy first game against Fulham where everyone wow. just got – massively erect and thought he was the answer to everything. <laughs> We're now three games in having a look at, I guess, the, the type of player that we've got, how much he's got left in his legs. And already people have been saying, uh, making comments like, well, you can't play him every week. He's an older boy. You can't make him play back-to-back games. He has to be rotated in and rotated out. Um, you know, as, as far as what he's going to provide to the team structurally, positionally, I think that he's quite all right. Um, but as far as the move goes, Scunny, do you want to rate it out of 10, the William move?
1: Uh, gee, uh, six? It's a yeah. six for me. I'd say between six and seven. I'd say six and a half.
0: Stan, out of 10
2: for William? I'd say between five and six, somewhere around there.
1: Yeah, yeah. The only reason why I'm saying 6.5 is because I think he's providing that little bit of competition for Pepe. And I think that's going to bring Pepe on more, the fact that he's got to work that little bit harder. I think last season, you know, I I gave him a bit of a break last season due, you know, after project lockdown and project restart and everything else that happened. So I gave him a bit of a pass. Uh, But, you know, it was only the Sheffield United game where I thought, actually... You know, he's, he's actually done something amazing here. Since is you know since it's all since we've actually signed him, I mean, think there's maybe one two games I was really impressed by him last season. So I want to see, I want to see that push for Pepe. You know, and he, is is that proof? Pepe.
0: Is the proof maybe not in the pudding already with Pepe? I mean, the way he came on against Sheffield and even to the it's point one where. Game.
1: You know, it's yeah, like
0: but a. even to the point where we then saw, as I said before, I'm not going to attempt to bring up the pass maps here because I haven't worked out how to be technically good enough to do it. But even when, oh, true, yeah. when then Willian came into the midfield, onto the left of a midfield and was even pulling into that 10 and was playing in conjunction with Pepe, having better passes in midfield allowed us to actually see Pepe just going forth and and doing what he does. Um, Guys, just very quickly, out of 10, Pablo Marie, I'm going to give him a four. Anyone got anything better than that to say about Pablo Marie? Higher,
1: lower? I don't think I'm going to go higher, but I do know that he, well, he was at Manchester City, wasn't he, when Arteta was there? So you never know, Arteta might bring something out of him. I've not seen
2: enough of Pablo Marie. So well, this, that's the, the issue. Him, he's only played a couple of games. Yeah. give him a four-year contract. Yeah, mm. well, He's only
1: played a couple of games, but I think it wasn't up to Arteta to, you know, to give him that full contract, was it, at the end of the day? That was down to the old regime, which we've already discussed.
0: But I think so, this goes back to what we were talking about at the start. Judging yeah. a signing can't be just on the level of the player, because in the well, modern game we have to take yeah. the contract into account as well. We have to take the wage structure into account. So yeah. if you get a player who's at a level of, say, 100 grand a week, and you're paying him 50 grand a week or 60 grand a week, you're paying him unders. That's fucking good business. Mm. That's good business. You get him in. If he plays well, you bump the contract up. Mm-hmm. You sit there and say, no, you've come in, you've played well. If you get a 50 grand player and you fucking pay him 100 grand, then you can't shift the sap cunt for three fucking years until he's going to fuck off to Germany on a free you know, that is terrible business. So we, oh, we, have, to take, we have to yeah. take the con- – and we had this conversation about Obamiang last season, Mike, where we were yeah, bringing we up did. the idea, bringing up the concept of what he was going to be like in three years and that we wouldn't regret the contract today, but would we be talking about the contract in two years? But in turn, then if he delivers enough in those first two years of the contract, the third year of a contract is almost like a, you know, like a thank you year. As we, wind, as we wind you down and like, because you, you essentially did what you needed to do for a period of time. Guys, the Cedric Suarez deal, I'm going to give it a one. That is the stupidest fucking deal I've ever seen Arsenal do. When, in-
1: that, first, when that first come in, I made a very good point. You know, I, I made a point to say that this is absolutely fucking stupid. <laughs> you know, Southampton loaned him out. He went to Italy he came back to Southampton. They wanted to get rid of him again. Similar was saying, "I've, you know, we're giving them money to loan him." You know, fuck, why? Why? Seriously, why? That—that's bad business, right there. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll take him off your hands. You know, oh he's injured. Oh yeah, we'll still take him off your hands. What a fucking stupid thing to do. You know, so I'm not even going to rate that one. That's in my minus rated shit. And so. Had, had we waited until if we if had we waited until
2: this window and we got him in for free and you look at him and you think okay he can cover it right back or left back yeah. he's free I get that but, but the money I get that I can handle yeah. it. you know I, can, yeah, I yeah. can handle it but paying the money for someone that's
1: injured and you're no what I mean it's it, that is that's the worst bit of know? business I've ever seen. Arsenal do you know and we have bought some shit over the years that's when
2: that's when it does uh, uh, perplex me when you see something like that happen and we are laying people off that's what Mm. I equate that to you know I don't equate it to when we buy players right because you know at the end of the day the nature of the game in football is you've got you've got to keep up with the Joneses Mm. you know it's all about points at the end of the day so you have to buy players but doing it in that manner and then you're laying people off, that makes no fucking sense at all. No. Fucking mm. <laughs> funny.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, Cedric well, one just makes
2: me laugh. Like, seriously. like, so, yeah, seriously. I'd give that a minus a score. Minus two or minus one or something for that.
0: I don't know if our scale goes below zero. <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: well, I just give it a fucking zero. You know, that no, is...
0: I Ridiculous. think it's a zero. I think we can all agree it's a zero. And again, yeah. you know, um, there are people online talking about, you know, Cedric's delivery, Cedric's ball. Um, you know, he actually uh, he played quite well against so Liverpool. Delivery was he fucking worked for Amazon or UPS? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, regardless, guys, I, I, I think that again, when we look at the structures of the deal and we look at the the person, we look at the contract. Uh, we have to remove the football. At some point, and the football right now is, you know, the the least of what we should be looking at with Cedric Suarez. Uh, it's a it's a it's a garbage garbage move. Um, Although he did score that goal in his debut, and I
1: was like, "Oh, Maldini!" <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's what most Arsenal fans said. <laughs> uh, well, Scanning, well, looking one his next game of four for fuck's so not a yeah. shithead.
0: Scotty, again, in the previous part of the show, we were having a good, solid look at Ceballos' passing map and its passing stats. Now, granted, he is alone. The talk is that the deal has basically already been done. We're going to have to buy him at the end of this. Uh, Danny Ceballos, out of 10, very impressive. Uh, Hit it. Have a chat about the guy who I think is one of the best pieces of business that we've done in quite a long time.
1: If I was to go when we first loaned him, and that first half of last season, I would have said nah, send him back. We don't need him. After project restart and the start of this season so far, sign him up definitely. And if I was going to say anything, it would be an. I would say that's an eight out of ten for me. That for a signing, and I think he's going to just get better and better. And I I often say a lot, and I say it through most of our chat, and you know that we we have private chats in the chat groups that we have. He is what is working for us playing out from the back. He is that guy who gets it from the defence and pushes it forward. That's the difference that we have. When he comes off the pitch, we go long ball. So it goes straight to David Luiz or, or straight to T&E, and he goes long ball all over the top. And know what happens every time that happens. It always comes fucking back the other way, and we always start struggling. He is the re- so for me. He is that reason why I I am really enjoying his football at the minute. And, and for sorry for that reason, he's pushing that ball forward from our midfield from at the back of our midfield to the top of our midfield. And that for me, it, it's just priceless for us as Ars- at Arsenal at the minute. That's what we need.
0: Stan, I think with Subiós, what you end up seeing for this transfer is that you can see how he's managed to evolve yeah. his game to be able to play within the system. <laughs> but I think, interestingly, with that signing, you can see how his natural game will actually work once we start moving into this, you know, mysterious and elusive
2: 4-3-3. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably echo a lot of what Michael just said about uh, Danny's Tobias. When he first came to the club, yeah, he did have that uh, good game against Burnley, but uh, for a long period of time after that, I didn't see a player that I felt was worth spending maybe 40 million euros on. Mm-hmm. And that was obviously pre-COVID, right, before prices and stuff were affected. But since the restart, if you're talking about signing him up for, say, 20, 22 million, somewhere around there, obviously now with the COVID uh, fees, if you call it that, then I'd be all for it. He's really improved. He's yeah. one of the good things about the team that really makes us uh, tick. He does have a tendency, though, sometimes to um, lose his position a lot and, and tends to sometimes follow the ball a lot. Um, I've even heard him say that in um, interviews about himself, that that's something that he wants to work on, is to, is to not always sometimes follow the ball and lose the shape. But, um, yeah, I, I think him, along with uh, uh, Tierney, are one of the bright spots in the team at the moment. And if we could make that deal permanent for around about that money, I'd be all for it.
1: I think I, I, what it, I think what it is at the end of the season. I think it's between twenty and twenty five million. We can get him for. Or I we've, think we paid away. seven
0: seven million in loan fees so far. I I, I believe, or, or I can't remember, whether it was well, seven million in loan it, fees so far. If, or seven million each time.
1: Even if we're buying for twenty three million, that's thirty million for for the, the for, for the player that he is at the minute. He's a fifty that's million a pound player. He's That's a 50 a million
0: pound player for me. Would, oh, yeah, 100%. Guys, what would, you, really? what would you evaluate him as if we were bringing him in at this level now? Let's say it was a fresh transfer. What do you think his value transfer market value is? It's got to be between 40 and 50. I don't think it's more, and I certainly don't think it's less.
1: It's, I would say it's probably towards the 40 mil mark. Yeah. I, agree yeah, well.
2: I, I wouldn't want to pay more than 40 myself. No. But I'm still
1: like, say if we can get him for 30, it's a bargain.
0: But no doubt, a, a really good player and, and a player who I can see us using in multiple systems, a player who I think everyone got wrong as well. People keep talking about pushing him further forward and playing him in the 10, and I'm like, no. are you fucked? He's no. actually a deeper style eight. He's yeah. not even a forward-running style eight. Are, are you guys with me on that one? Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, well like I, I just said, he drives it from
2: the back. So He's also very good at nipping in and getting the ball off of players and then spinning around on the half turn and moving the ball quickly. I've seen mm. him do that quite a lot, and that's quite impressive. Loves a,
0: loves a Cruyff turn. Loves yeah. a little loves a little dip in a Cruyff turn. Look, he reminds me of the good parts of Santi Carzola, for example, when, when Santi came in in that game against Man City. And change the way we played against Man City in a deeper role, not being a big robust player, but being actually able to break a hard press with technicality and then spread the ball quickly. You know, that's what Danny does. I don't see him as a massive final third entry ball player. No. I, I don't see him as a guy who's going to rack no. up Mesut Ozil level statistics. He might rack up Mesut Ozil level statistics. I think he's statistics. got more than 3.2. Yeah, because Mesut right? Ozil does fuck all, you morons. Um, but Anyway, really good business from sort of... I was having a, a, a heave through Twitter the other day and my understanding is we got him on the loan on the proviso that we would buy next year. So I'm, I'm feeling that regardless, he's an Arsenal man. Uh, just the, one other thing I really like about him. You know that fight he had with Eddie Nketiah? Yeah. I'm all for that. I'm mm. fucking all for that, right? Spiny, competitive. I think it was an article from... I can't remember whether it was from Martin Keown... When he was saying that they basically used to have bust-ups on the training pitch every yeah. week when yeah. Arsenal were at their best, right? They'd go in and two-foot each other and get up and have a bust-up because it was so competitive. Winning was yeah. so important. I love that. I love that about Danny, and I'm all for it.
2: Well, as long as um, you don't feel off the training pitch, and after the training pitch, we all go to the canteen and have a laugh and a meal together. I, I, I get that. But what I also like about the profile of Danny Ceballos is that he's an, he's at an age as well where he's still going to improve. And I think mm. um, Mikel Arteta and his coaching team, you know, when Mikel Arteta came to us, one of the biggest things that was lauded about him was that he's very good at improving players. Mm. So... Yeah, I definitely. I,
0: you can always count, right, on, you right, you always count on Tony Turner to, to, to just drop yeah, into I, the comments. I, I really think that there's going to be, hopefully,
2: even more to come from him under the tutelage of Arteta and his team.
0: Yeah, the general consensus seems to be, guys, between... 30 and 40 million pounds is the value. And I think with all the loan fees, that's that's what we're going to end up paying for him. I also think that with Danny Ceballos, we said this on the the end of month podcast, because he scored very, very well in our positive points again. Um, that I think he's actually more suited to the Premier League than he is to Spanish football anyway. I think he likes the high intensity game. I think he likes the banging hard presses. That's where his technicality comes to the fore. I actually think Ceballos quite uh, suffers when he plays against low blocks. Because with no one coming at him, if you take it like boxing, he's a counter boxer, so he needs someone to be throwing punches at him to be able to, you know, move the ball and, and be effective. And, well, guys, yeah, considering this is a considering this is a, a transfer pod, or was meant to be a transfer pod, we actually don't know what it is because I have made the entire thing up uh, on the spot at seven o'clock in the morning because Manny is still fucking nowhere to be seen and not answering any of his messages. Um, so it must be taking him a very long time to get refunded for his flavorless chicken and waffles down at the local, down at the local Morleys. Um, but um, I guess what everyone came here for, and, and what we really should start talking about, is Thomas Party. Um, we've covered off uh, on the fact that we thought that the deal was always on. Um, what I want to start with, guys, is I want to start with the transfer fee. I'll throw it to you first, Dan. Um, I think it's ended up being somewhere around forty-seven. 47 million pounds I don't know what the wages are I haven't seen it yet and um, but as far as value goes and profile goes uh, compared to our other signings and compared to our other contracts and considering that we were talking about it's not just the value of the player it's the value yeah. of the contract um, for his profile age demographic contract length how are you feeling about this signing
2: if this was uh, – if you if if we were only going to make one signing, you know, in this period of the window, and you're looking at O.R. and Party, this is the one that I wanted. Me too. Um, I'm not going to say that I've watched a hell of a lot of his games, you know, but I've looked at the stats. I've seen some snippets. I'm looking at the profile, and he seems to have a profile that I think that we are crying out for. And one of the best things about bringing him in is the fee that we've paid because I put this out on Twitter yesterday – I always felt that we kind of overpaid for Nicolas Pepe, you know, and now that we have Pepe and Partey together, if you switch their fees around, it kind of balances themselves out for me now. Because I think that we got, uh, we slightly overpaid for Pepe, but I also think that we've underpaid for the services of Partey. You know the money that we paid for Pepe, you could easily put that on partay, and you know that if Atletico Madrid got him to re-sign a contract, that that uh, buyout clause would have doubled.
0: Did I just do something? Did it work? I can see yes. on the screen here. Yes, midfielders. Part- <laughs> it's
1: reported. Sorry, just quick. It's reported he's going to be on about two hundred and sixty k a week. Whether or not that's with his transfer, you know, his, his signing on fee and everything else that goes on it.
2: Because I heard look, that when we were talking to Partey a month or so back and were talking about um, terms, that the, the, the conversation was that we would... I don't know what it was on at Atletico Madrid, but the talk was that we had offered to treble his wages. That so would, whatever, not, it would not surprise on, me. Would not surprise me, Stan.
0: I, I think that the, one of the great sweeteners for Premier League football... I mean, look, let's speak bluntly. At Atletico Madrid, he is a chance of not... Well, he's a Champions League player, not with just a chance, but a history of making finals, going deep, you know, an apex team in La Liga, in a beautiful city. Uh, You know, what is going to get him across and over to Arsenal? What is going to make him want to allow Arsenal to trigger that release cause and go to Atletico Madrid and say, as per my contract, I need you to dissolve my contract today. I'm getting on a plane. I'm going and signing with Arsenal. Mate, that's cash. And we know that in the Premier League, that's driven by TV money, that's driven by, you know, all of the, the, the marketing commercial agreements that exist within Premier League. Um, Scunny, I've just bought up a, a, a shared screen. It's my first time doing it. I'm really proud of myself. Um, <laughs> so let, let's all give me a round of applause because, as anyone knows, I'm, you know, slightly retarded. Um, but, Scunny, there's two, not that all of those statistics aren't glaringly in favour of Thomas Party, there's two statistics there that you, me, Manny, uh, all the boys at Aspros have been banging on for a long time about what we've been missing. And those two statistics for me are jewels one and dribbles completed. Put simply, Scunny, I see that as speed, power, and ball carrying. That's mm. what those two things deliver for me. Um, 64 dribbles competed, completed, you know, to Jackers. Twenty-five. Joe Willock, who we considered to be a ball area, twenty-one, and uh, El Sidewaysy
1: with fourteen. Yeah, um, I think when you put this up originally on our uh, chat feed, um, I was shocked at Sabios. To be honest with you. I can't believe his, you know, his recoveries, his, you know, uh, his tackles. You know, look if you see the difference, and everyone saying Jacques is more of our deep midfielder, you see Sabios there. He's got two two more extra tackles and jacker you've got you know and obviously look at that as well nearly 10 more dribbles completed which was pretty obvious anyway to be fair for that and he's one behind on interceptions but look, i think about party then yeah that's something that we definitely need if you look at the recoveries the jewels won and the dribbles completed compared to the rest of them on our team yeah it's something that we definitely definitely needed
0: Stand a man. Um, as far as what we've been missing in this midfield for a long time, and the piece of the puzzle that we have been missing that predominantly stops us from being able to play a back four and therefore a midfield two or a midfield three is our lack of motor, athleticism, and primarily ball carrying ability in the midfield. Someone who can pick up the ball and drive, and actually upset the apple cart. Get a team out of their their deep lying structures or their pressing structures. Uh, how excited are you for this signing? I know you already said you know if it was parte or hour, it was parte for you all day. It yeah. was parte for me all day as well. I think of these guys as fountain players who we can go into next season and then buy the the icing for the cake. These guys are the cake. Yeah,
2: I mean exactly how you just described it so eloquently just a few seconds ago. And that's exactly the reasons why. This was the guy that I wanted. Um, I think that what he, come, what he does, he improves us immediately. You know, And um, one of the things about uh, Hossam Awar that I picked up on was um, I was listening to Jeremy, Jeremy, who is the French correspondent on Laguna Talk, who watches a lot of French football. He said the, the thing with Hossam Awar is, is that um, if they're going for a really bad game, he's not the player that will drag the team up. He'll go down to the level of the team if they're having a bad day out. You know, and we don't really need that at the moment. At the moment, what we need is what you've got up here. I mean, I'm looking at these stats and they're mouthwatering. They really are. You know, it's, I just hope that we keep this guy fit and we can have him in as many
0: games as possible. Mm. Scunny, age, age profile uh, as a 27-year-old, so it has turned 27 years old recently in his position. I mean, really, we're talking about prime years, you know, 27, 28, 29 Thirty. this is a, a smart signing at what I think is an acceptable amount of money to have paid him, you know, wages notwithstanding. Sometimes we have to look at the wages and say you've got to pay what you've got to pay to, to secure the guy out of here. Um, I guess my next question for you, Scunny, is how do you pair this guy up? There's a lot of talk that people seem to think, like they did with Vieira for that matter, a lot of people think Vieira was a defensive midfielder. He wasn't. Gilberto was a defensive midfield. Vieira was a pure uh, box-to-box midfielder. Um, yeah. Having a look at him and having a look at the other players who we do have in the team, in fact, they're all in front of us there. Our, our key starting midfielders are all in front of us in, you know, Xhaka, El Elneny probably being choice one, two, and three. How do you see this getting paired up in, in either whether it be a 4-3-3 three, three, or whether it be a 4-2-3-1?
1: I think the only way this is going to work for us with party is playing the four three three. You know, you're going to have to you're going to have to have Jacques and Ceballos next to him. I think to make it work. Um, I don't know how that four three three would sort of plan out because I don't think any of them are really defensive midfielders. Like we said about Vieira, Partey's is more that Vieira type style box to box player. Ceballos is that. Sort of key playmaker, the pre-assister, as you've mentioned it before on here, Xhaka, uh, I don't know if he'd be our DM. You know, I don't know if that would work because he's not exactly a great defend defensive mid, is he? So I don't know how else it could work. Because with someone like Party, I think you're going to need that defensive mid next to him for mm. him to be for to be in a two. It'd work better in a three for me. Personal.
0: Stan, a lot of people are kind of talking about Sabios party combinations. Uh, I think they're starting to get wet dreams of the reinvention of number ten. <laughs> you know, whether that's Willian at ten or Pepe at ten, or, or God to God forbid, you know, the Twitch yeah. King Mesut Um Do you see? I guess us being able to actually uh, employ that and be able to carry an extra midfield with the addition, or be able to carry that extra attacking midfield at the top of a diamond with the addition of Thomas Party.
2: That's how I would like to go personally. You know, um, a midfield centre three of uh, Partey Sabios because I think that having bought Sabios, that Hasam role, we may be able to fill that internally, and mm. I think Zaka might be able to do something there. Maybe uh, ESR, you know, when we play other games, but keep the same formation, say maybe in uh, League Cup games or early Europa League games, maybe ESR can fit in there, or Willock may be able to fit in there to to, to shore it up. I mean, that's not going to be perfect, but for your main starting eleven, I would like to go with that three of Partey, Subbios, and I would like to try Saka as that um, creative person, because I think that's where ultimately he's going to end up playing. And I don't know what it is about Saka. I think it's his physique and he's quite strong in the ball. He really reminds me of Clarence Sadov. Mm-hmm. And I could see him playing in that kind of a role. So in front of a back four, I'd like to see maybe Partey and Ceballos Sab- and together in front of the back four with Saka maybe ahead. And then you have your two wingers on either side. Yeah, or if you want to form form that, you know, that triumphant of the three, you know, with one in the middle and the two outside, but that three in the middle, I'd like to see how that would work or even go with maybe one in front of the defence and then have two ahead of him. For certain games, you know, but we we play so fluid anyway. We're never going to just say exactly how what we I was about to say. You're, sometimes
0: say how we are on a piece of paper, you know. Yeah, sometimes getting caught up in formations, especially with Micka yeah. Arteta, is is folly because yeah. it's not about the position you start in. It's about the areas that you run into, what your jobs are with the ball, what your positions are meant to be off the ball, the areas that you occupy, and how you block the passing channel. Um, Look, I, guys, unfortunately, I, I mean, not unfortunately, because I am, I'm not coming around to Granite Jacker. I still think that he's a shit player. And I still think he's, sorry, I don't think he's a shit player. I think he's a very limited player. Yeah. Um. But, and, you know, I'm trying to get off the shit. He's not shit because we've seen that once players get put in systems that hide their flaws, Allow them to actually excel in the, the the things that they do. We can see starting to get better, but they will always be limited in different systems in in different areas. I can see a four three three. I actually think that Granite Jack needs to be moved out of the deepest laying role. I think it stresses him there. I think that you can see with Sabios that he's actually becoming the preferred guy for the outball because of his technicality on the outball and his press resistance. So he actually is, has a tendency to drop back and actually receive the ball off the centre-backs. I can actually see a world where Sabayos is playing almost our deepest role, with Jacker playing more advanced on the left and actually using his passing ability where it doesn't matter so much that he gets run past because he's not the deepest lying player. And seeing Thomas Party maybe in the other eight, uh, that's kind of my feeling of what I think Mikel Arteta to do or is going to do, um, but I mean, basically, guys, I can make cohesive midfield threes out of Pajaca, Sabios. I can make a cohesive midfield three, especially for example against Sheffield, sitting in a low block, like Stan said, out of Party, Sabios uh, Saka, Party, Sabios Willian. And what I'm really interested to see is, I'm really interested. And I've been calling it for a long time. I like Pepe out of the middle. I like Pepe being able to run in both directions. I think he gets very hamstrung out on the right. He gets very one-dimensional out on the right. He's deadly when he comes back into the middle. But all things that we're going to see, all things that we're going to see over the course of time. The fuck do you get rid of this fucking thing? No, I made it bigger. Wait. It's
1: smaller again. What are you looking at doing? Getting rid of this screen?
0: Bollocks. I made it the whole thing. I did it.
1: I've done it for you. Jesus Christ.
0: Oh, you did it for me. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it wasn't going well for me, Mike.
1: It was. No, it really wasn't.
0: <laughs> Here all day. <laughs> um. Overall, guys, to finish up, I thought we'd go round the room, um, and we would do two things. Uh, now having obviously got our transfer business done, um, I thought we would have a either a reassessment of what our finishing position is, up or down, or, or what we thought it was. And to start off with, I thought we would just give the overall transfer window a score out of 10. So that's ins and outs included. So I'm going to kick it off while you guys have a ponder because I thought about this. I'm actually going to give it a very confident 7 out of 10. I think that's a 7 out of 10 for us. And the, the reasons why I've done that is I think a lot of the outs that we were unable to get done weren't necessarily within our power, within our mandate to force it to get done. And um, the things I'd like to see is I would like to see a couple of loan moves go out. Whether it is out on loan, Nelson out on loan, Willock out on loan. But overall, I've I've been left. I know Manny gave this window a five. Just for example, he he thinks that the the lack of outs is is dire uh, for us. But I'm going to give it a nice confident seven, Scunny.
1: Uh, I'm going to sort of go with what you said, but I'm going to give it a six because uh, like similar to what Manny said out of his five, I don't think it was exactly a five. I think the, the party sort of the party deal swinged it upwards for me it was a five. I'm going to go for a six. Well, actually to be it's fair, dead. it was probably lower than five if it was, <laughs> if he didn't come in.
2: Well, I'm going to slide right in uh I'm going to slide right in the middle of you there. Both of you with a 6.5 and um you know, I'm glad that Aubameyang has re-signed and I'm glad that we brought in Thomas Partey and uh, Gabriel. But the lack of outgoings, you know, have we, had we been able to somehow do a little better there, it may have seen us bring someone else in mm. to help bolster our, you know, bolster us for the season ahead. And like we touched on before, the Pablo Mari and the Cedric Suarez, if we're going to include that in this sort of period of time, again, that two two bits of bad business... Um, also, I would even throw in there uh, extending David Luiz for another year. For me, again, I think that could have been avoided and other things could have been done. So I'm going to give it six and a half.
0: Mm. Well, look, I had Arsenal predicted for sixth this season, uh, which I copped a, a huge amount of flak for, but I, I like to be a realist. Um, and with the addition of Thomas party I'm, I'm willing to bump us up a spot. I'm going to bump <laughs> us up to fifth. Still not making champions of football uh, despite everyone's now desire to think that Arsenal are going to somehow win the Premiership because we bought in the next Patrick Vieira. Please don't say it. Every time we say that, the fucker gets injured and mauled and never turns into what he's meant to do. So I still think we're going to be in that group, like I said at the start, that mini league uh, between us and Leicester and a very dangerous-looking Eben. And um, I think we're going to be in and around there. But I'm, I'm willing to give us fifth. Scunny, where did you have us, and where do you put us now?
1: Uh, I give us, I put us at seventh. Uh, I believe. I thought we'd probably get one place better than what we did last season. Uh, I'm fucking, still going to say seventh. Depressing, cunt. I, I'm sorry, guys, but I'm going <laughs> to still say seventh. I think is a good signing. I just don't think it's enough.
0: Stand the man. Uh, where yeah, did you again, have I'm... us? Where did you have yeah. us, and where do you put us? <sighs>
2: I'd have to. I probably agree with you. I thought that we would definitely have an. Uh, uh, we would get into the Europa League, and I was saying maybe around sixth. And I think, just like yourself, Max, with the addition of Partey, we may be able to do one better. But like we said early on in the show, I do think that there is an outside chance that we could squeak um, a Champions League. Maybe that's winning the Europa League. Maybe that's getting into a, a position where we get into the playoff for the Champions League. But. I think it's possible, but it's not a nailed on. It's not
0: like, yeah, we're going to walk in happy days. Very much beholden on the other teams, I think, to have poor seasons. Uh, I think if we play to our, if that squad plays to its maximum ability and every team above us plays to its maximum ability, if everyone plays the ability of their squad, uh, I've almost got to be down with Scunny. I, I think that's maybe the sixth or seventh best squad in the league i think everton may have overtaken us now in, in overall squad strength um look spuds can go and fuck themselves fuck spuds i hope you fucking get relegated you fucking spud cunts with your dumb fucking faces fuck off and, uh, and well, you really you want to put harry
1: up last night on the uh, oh my god Red harry Redknapp was Redknapp.
0: number one harry was drunk
1: like yeah. I've never seen, oh, a, I've never seen, I've never seen a drunker,
0: fucking red-faced pundit in my life. And he going on about that squad can win a premiership. Do me a fucking favour, Harry. You fucking donut. What are you talking
1: about? <laughs> well, when he uh, was saying, I, when he was talking about Arsenal, he was saying like, oh, this, that, and the other. I said, oh, you're a bitter old cunt, aren't you? <laughs> and, then saying, and then he said, then he turned around, then he turned around and said like, oh, oh, Tottenham, yeah, definitely. I, I think they're uh, contenders to win the Premier League. I was like, you're a fucking deluded old cunt. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, boys, I think that we've done a a pretty good job there of breaking down some some fairly key elements of the transfer window. We've gone back and had a look at the poor business that has been done. Uh, We've had a look at the failings of Kazidis and Raul and, and, you know, Mislintat as well. Um, We have justified, even though we're annoyed about the signings not going out that we expected to go, we have justified and compromised those things and come to the decision that, those are going to run their course next season. And we've had a look at the ins, the loans, the validities of the contracts that have been signed. We've had a look at Thomas Pardy and his stats and what he might bring. And like a pack of three fucking depressed Arsenal fans, none of us have us getting into Champions League. And that is exactly what Nas Brothers rank cast is all about. Stan the man at Stan underscore the underscore man 68. That's because Stan doesn't like a 69. He likes a 68. He'll tell you how it gets secret on a different podcast. Uh, You can see Stan almost every time you open the internet, regardless of time of day it is or what podcast, you will see Stan. Just Even if it's not about Arsenal, I, I expect that I would turn on a podcast about aeroplanes and, and there would be Stan's face there, there staring you go. back at me. In some ways, Stan, you can really push Dan Potts on the uh, the podcast prostitute king of the in Stan and Dan, that has
2: a show for you. That has a nice ring go. to it as well.
0: Mate, um, it's, it's, it sounds like a cash yeah. job to me.
2: If anyone's <laughs> going to be around in with her, four, five, three and a half hours or so, you can catch me with Ryan, your uh, counterpart on this channel, the bearded Guna, and Rohan on the same old Arsenal USA, where I'll basically just be saying everything I just said today here. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> It really is like a, uh, a STD orgy. With all of us, it's like everyone's on everyone's show all the time. If one of us has chlamydia, guess what, boys? We've all got it. We're all going to go, we're all gonna have to go down the dock yeah. and take the two pills. Hat in yes, hand, hand, shamefully telling him that you all shag Dirty Betty. Uh, mine,
2: mine, mine is more of a yeast problem, but I'm not
0: going to go into <laughs> that. now. Well, that's what happens we spend too much time with the Arsenal luchador. He, Here we he, he go. He'll lead, he'll lead you down a, a bad path. He was yelling yeah, at me the broke other leg.
2: He broke his leg in a tag match. He's not about at the moment. He broke his leg in, uh, <laughs> down in El Paso in a tag match.
0: Corda. Too much exercise, Mike, mate. Too much exercise, Mike. Uh, Scuddy Mike, the guys can find you at Mike Ski. And uh, you'll be back with a preview show in, what, two weeks? Because uh, there's no
1: football. I, It'll be a couple of days before the Man City game. So I think that's being played on the 17th of this month. So it'll be a couple of days before then. So, yeah, it'll be more UK time ish rather than Aussie time because you're fucking backwards. We are backwards. So.
0: We are backwards. <laughs> All right. Guys, well, this has been an Ask Bros rank cast. It's actually been a uh, Manny Riz hot topic. Um, that cunt's not here. We don't know where he is. <laughs> We're expecting to have some kind of a phone conversation with him at some stage since set settled this up. We bumbled and stumbled our way through it. Thank you to the guests. Thank you to everyone in the chat box. And we will catch you on the next Ask Bros Rankcast. Good night.